Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back, bulls and ghouls, ladies and germs, children of all ages, talking terror fans nationwide and worldwide. It's Wednesday. Once again, we are back. It's Talking Terror, all new episode. Tonight's episode is the Ghoul Geek uh, pick, and he decided to go with Terrifier, not to be confused by anything Prodigy did back in the 90s, even though I know a lot of people probably would be confused. But we're going to be talking about Terrifier, directed by Damien Leone. A movie that I talked about last week is kind of being the other big movie that a lot of people in the horror underground were talking about. So we're going to put our classic Talking Terror spin on it. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back. Hope you're having a good week so far. Hopefully, if you're in the colder states, you're keeping warm. And if you're in the warmer states, I envy you so much. But as always, I'm joined by the bold, the beautiful, the gold geek, Keith. Hello, 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 hello. What is up, everybody? How are you doing, Party Monster? I, uh, I, uh, I am doing well tonight. Thank you very much. Excellent, excellent. Um, we are also joined, fresh out of the cage, out of tapioca, ready to shake things up, the Mad Monkey. <laughs> hey there, Fred fans. I'm your furry little co-host, the Mad Monkey. Joined tonight by my lovely co-host, the King of Horror and the Ghoul Geek. Because I'm just excited because this weekend is the Royal Rumble, baby! Little yeah. monkey balls. <laughs> Get on it, Becky Lynch. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, too, am aware of the Royal Rumble. I uh, actually pulled up the Wikipedia page earlier because I have no idea what matches besides the Royal Rumble are going on, and I uh, still have yet to look at it. So, like, I pulled it up and, like, probably closed the phone for whatever reason. So I will check it out later. I'll surely be watching it. I mean, the Royal Rumble is... Just like most of the pay-per-views, you know, the ones that I definitely go to uh, to watch. So, I still can't the follow kickoff the WrestleMania. week by week show, man. Yeah, the what? the road to WrestleMania begins. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah! The road begins this Sunday. Mm. And so I did WrestleMania like a, this weekend. Not WrestleMania, Royal Rumble. Isn't the Royal Rumble WrestleMania? No, the no, Royal Rumble is Royal. the beginning. It is the beginning of the road to WrestleMania, but it is the Royal Rumble, baby. The winner of the Royal Rumble gets a guaranteed title shot at WrestleMania. That's how they set that up. But anyway, so what if the winner? What if what if the winner of the Royal Rumble is the the title holder? Well, the title holder isn't in the Royal Rumble match. And if it does happen, he fights himself. With and it's a great very match. boring match. <laughs> I think it would be great. All, all, all Tyler Durden kind of shit going on where he's got to fight himself in the middle of the ring. <laughs> and as you can tell, the doc is very excited about Royal Rumble this weekend. Cannot wait. Yeah, he's going to be yeah. watching it. Tune in. He is a hard, he is a hard, hard WWE fan. 
Of course you're not watching it. I know you better than that, Doc. How are you, Doc? Welcome back for it. There's no way I'm watching that. Totally are. (laughs) How are you tonight, Doc? Oh, I'm wonderful. Hulk Hogan will be there. I hope so. Hope he enters. Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Hulk Hogan. You know. Who is, is that? that? I mean, come on. Dude. Is that like the is that like the TV show from the 1980s when that guy got angry and turned green? Yes, exactly like that. <laughs> it's exactly like that. How did you guess? But but more bronzish. <laughs> Plenty more bronze. <laughs> Wrink, wrinkly too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely just looks like a big bronze ball sack. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, yeah kind of. Man. It's always it's always scary when that fucking head thing falls off of him, man. His bandana. It's like, oh, oh like he, he doesn't look quite too old until he takes off the sunglasses, and then it's like, okay, yeah, wow, he's really old. And then to make it worse, wait. though, that bandana comes off, and it's like, holy fuck, man. No, wait, yeah. wait. Um, this is a totally serious question. Uh, Hulk Hogan is wrestling again? No, he's just involved with the WWE again. It's not wrestling. But you never know. It's just, you know. Never say never. He's there. But, I mean, does he, like, go in the ring and, like, yell at people and stuff? Is he, like, uh, or is he, like, a behind-the-scenes presence? No, nah, he's kind of a hype man. Yeah, what you need. Yeah. Like HBK, you know, Shawn Michaels being the hype man that he is. Go out there and promote the pay that's all you need to do. Collect your paycheck and go. Don't, don't, don't use initials like that. You know, you might scare you might scare the doc. You might you might not watch now. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't gonna be watching anyway. All things being I was hoping equal. you were. I'm disappointed. So sad. <laughs> hoping we could all have a group chat about Russell you know, about WrestleMania and Royal Rumble. This so but I guess we can't. Well, that's what we do. <laughs> we always have our group chat during all the pay-per-views. Exactly. That's what we always do. But um, I know the ghoul, uh, you were going to mute yourself, I guess, for a little while because I wanted to get the doc on here first and foremost as we kick off the show. He recently watched Glass, so I wanted to get a little bit of a spoiler-free kind of uh, discussion about that. Yeah, I'm not going to give more of a discussion about Glass until you guys get a chance to see it. Uh, very spoiler-free, as I have stated on this show many times, uh, Glass is something that I have been looking forward to with great anticipation ever since I saw Split, and I didn't even see Split uh, in the movie theater. I didn't see it till it was well after its release, and in all of that time, uh, the surprise at the end, I never even heard about it, so when I saw Split, uh, it was a very... uh, true reaction to the to the end uh which just absolutely blew my mind and glass is finally upon us i had some time on monday so i walked down to my local theater uh to check it out and i will say nothing more than i was very happy and and i was very upset kind of like the reviews out there i my feelings are very mixed and i feel like uh Aside from the fact that I don't want to really talk about it until you guys get a chance to see it, I still feel like I need a little bit more uh, time to digest it and a little more time to think about it, uh, you know, based on things that took place, which I'm sure you guys will all uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to 
you know, imagine that there's a lot of people that agree with my thoughts and feelings about Glass, but I don't want to really get into my specifics until uh, you guys have seen it. Which makes sense, um, and to be fair. Uh, but without spoilers, obviously, because we don't want to talk about them. So would you say that the reviews that came out that were kind of mixed bag, not necessarily positive, not necessarily negative, were kind of true to the film, Well, in your opinion? I will say that, you know, I knew that the reviews were mixed. Like, I saw a lot of headlines saying, yeah. you know, mixed reviews for Glass. Uh, I didn't really mm-hmm. read any of them, so I don't know what the reasons were. I can assume what they were, um, but I don't know what those people's, you know, those reviewers, I don't really know why their feelings were mixed, but I know that my feelings were mixed. There were things in the movie that were awesome. Uh mm-hmm. McCovey's fucking performance was absolutely stellar. Uh, tremendous, just a tremendous uh, display of acting as he cycled through all of his personalities. Uh, mm-hmm. So much so that one interview, one promotional interview clip that I saw with Samuel L. Jackson, uh, he, Samuel L. Jackson said, look, I know I'm a bad motherfucker, and I know that at my craft I'm a bad motherfucker, but I ain't never seen nobody be a bad motherfucker like that motherfucker. So, uh, you know, his performance, his performance was something, was truly something to behold. And Willis was great, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson was great, and uh, Sarah Paulson, just in general, as an actress, I'm not crazy about, but I guess she played her part fine. Um, Yeah. M. Night's Night's direction, uh, as usual, I, you know, I felt that the framing of scenes and his use of color and... uh, sharpness and color and faded color and popping color. I felt that all of that stuff was kind of right uh, where it needed to be. It was a a very nice movie to look at visually. Um, But, you know, as the story unfolded, you know, I, you know, I have, I have, you know, several bones to pick with the story. Okay. So it wasn't Willis dialing it in for a paycheck. He actually did a good job. No, 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 absolutely not. And he's been in, He's been in, uh, Willis has been in paycheck land, uh, you know, as Nicolas Cage starts to pull himself out of the Walmart bargain bin. The last couple of years, Bruce Willis has dove in head first. Uh, but this was no, this was no, uh, this was no sleepwalk for Bruce Willis at all. Excellent. All right. You know, yeah. I knew it was going to be spoiler free going in. I didn't want to do too many details on it. So that's great. And I'm going to type a quick message with the ghoul to bring him back in. So he knows to come back. Um, but then, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, I saw some of the reviews that were mixed, some of them, you know, negative, positive, whatever. I, I try not to pay attention to reviews too much because I've seen some reviews that are glowing for some movies that I absolutely fucking hate it. So that's why I try not to read too much into reviews. All right. I am back. All right. Welcome back. All right. So, so really cool. now. you did have a talking point to bring up about uh, Netflix and Hulu jacking up their prices. So I wanted to bring up that talking point, because I think it's worth the yeah. discussion. I just think in this day and age with all these streaming services, man, it's, you know, we're, we're getting to this point where, again, like, I know I, we still have cable here. Why? I'm not exactly sure. We haven't used the cable box in quite some time, you know, I know we, mm-hmm. we got it as part of the package with the, the internet that we have, and we still have to work out whatever plan we're going to get for just internet only and see what kind of right. savings we're going to have. Um, but, 
you know, I got a, uh, you know, I've been I've seeing all the hubbub online and everything about Netflix, they're raising their price, this and that. I mean, I looked it up. They're only going up by about two bucks. Um, you're going from, I guess, if you pay like 13 or 14.99 now, you'll go up to like 15.99. Um, and that's for the four televisions with the HD and all that stuff. I think I pay a little bit more because I have the 4K. Uh, it didn't mention anything about that with the uh, with the with the price increase in the article I was reading anyway. But I think you know we're running into the other issue here where you know Disney and stuff like that are already starting to pull some of their stuff from Netflix because they're getting ready to launch their own streaming site and Time Warner's getting ready to launch their own streaming site and I mean that's the owner of HBO um I mean, when are we going to get yeah. to? Are we going to really get to a point now where every single fucking company or every single movie production company is going to have their own streaming service, and then you're going to have to sit there and figure out like how many of these services you're really going to pay for in order just to get specific content? That fucking blows, man. No, that's, uh, that's not the future of that. I, I totally, I've been thinking the same exact thing because I am, I guess, one step ahead of where you are in that I've completely cut cable completely. I don't have any cable. Uh, all, mm-hmm. I have, all I pay for from any cable company is my internet. And, and how, do you, I how have, do you watch hockey? Uh, I have Sling, uh, I, I, they, which unfortunately is currently not watching uh, or not offering the NHL network. So, okay. uh, I mean, I'm sorry, is not offering the NHL center ice package, but I do have the NHL network, and I can usually find... <laughs> Uh, an off-the-chart or an off-the a below-board stream online if I want to watch the Ranger game. Uh, I considered pot- buying like the NHL thing through their through their website where I can watch games, but I didn't get around to it uh, this year. But as far as okay. TV watching, as far as TV watching, which we really don't watch a lot of TV here, uh, I do have Sling, like the twenty-five dollar a month Sling. Uh, I don't know offhand if I have the orange or the blue, whichever one has That's more of the pedals. Uh, that were interesting to me, and and um, you know we have Netflix and we have Amazon Prime, and then there's all of these others and these new ones that are coming out. And I think what you're going to see is that some of these companies with their streaming services and all of the studios that are going to start creating their own, like Disney and whatnot. Some of them, their stream divisions, you're going to see some consolidation, I would guess, in the next five years. What's going to happen, I feel like, is there's just going to be too, different, too many to choose from. And before yeah. you know it, people have been wanting to cut the cord to save money. They're going to be spending more than they ever have before on content. So I feel you're going to see mergers where, like, Time Warner and Disney and whatever consolidate. And what, so I, I really feel that's but- the way... But the problem you have with that then is, is again, it comes down to their original content and what they're going to want to put out. See, now I had Sling, and I didn't like it. Uh, I felt like it was too limited. We only got two of the channels that we actually like to to watch any kind of, like, morning news on on weekends and whatnot. Um, So I switched over to Hulu's live TV package. Uh, I found that it, even though it was a couple dollars more, I actually got more out of it. There are more channels that I use and enjoy. Uh, DVR came with it. Um, and, again, I just found like it to, just to be an overall better setup. Uh, plus their stream log of, the, of back content is just phenomenal. Um, you, mm-hmm. you can't go wrong. There's just so much fucking content to access. I also, you know, 
spent the extra $15 a month at a later point to add the ability to have uh, unlimited screens, unlimited by the amount of people mm-hmm. that are in, like, the screens in the house itself with up to four people or three people outside of the home would be able to, to watch. So this way I can let Donovan watch it down at college and so forth. Right. I get, I get an email from them today which it just cracked me up. So Hulu's live TV package that I have is $39.99. They're going to increase that in price from $39.99 to $44.99. That's quite a jump. But, yeah. It is. It's a $5 jump. But now what they're also doing is if you have either of their either enhanced cloud DVR, which I do not, or our mm. unlimited screen package, which I do have, they're going to take that from fourteen ninety nine and bring it down to nine ninety nine. So basically, I'm still going to pay the exact same amount of money per month that I've already been paying for Hulu, just so that they can increase the price of their regular service but decrease the price of their add-ons. <laughs> so basically, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed except for people that don't have any of those add-ons. They're paying $5 more. And, again, the problem for me is going to be, you know, depending on what Disney's streaming service looks like and what their cost setup is, I mean, you're talking about the service that's going to have exclusive Star Wars content, exclusive Marvel properties, all things that I have a hell of a lot of interest in. So Yeah, but – you know, but cool. My question to you with that stuff, as far as the streaming service, and I'm only asking this question because, uh, you know, you and I have been collectors of this shit for as long as I've known you. Don't you already like own all of that shit to watch digitally, where you wouldn't need to watch the fucking solo on on a streaming service? You're not no, talking, talking about, about new stuff. No, they're talking about original content. Though. Yeah. Just like, like how Hulu has series. original content and so forth and so forth. So like how Netflix so you're saying, right now has like the Punisher, Daredevil, stuff like that. All of those kind of shows are all going to move to this Marvel streaming service. They're not going to be okay, those so, shows, but they're going to have shows of that nature. And Star Wars so content as well. Right. So they're going to like have original Star Wars programming that you can only get there. Yep. Yes. Is what you're saying. Okay. That, see that, so, now I, so now I understand. But still, you know, that's going to be something, again, uh, there's going to be a point, I feel, where the market's going to be saturated with all these services that these companies are going to have to offer some type of incentives to get you to to join. Because, uh, you know, I I am not an avid viewer where I'm like, oh, I need this one and that one and the other thing. And and through my, you know, I have a one, I have a, maybe I shouldn't say what I'm going to say on the air, but fuck it. I have a jailbroken fire stick uh, with the Kodi app. So I can essentially watch anything I want anyway, but uh, through my fire special? stick, through my fire, through the Amazon Fire Stick, there are legitimate apps where you can watch tons of movies and TV shows for free. Uh, some of them are ad supported, where every you know half hour there's like a thirty second whatever. But uncut movies, I mean, I I used one of those services. Uh, I would have to pull up my sling to Ding see what it's called, but I used one of those uncut. services. Uh, <laughs> when I watched Bubba Hotep because I didn't feel like going into the shed to go into my tubs and find my DVD. So there are tons of free services <laughs> out there. Also. You're getting lazy like me with that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, look, I, ha- I, don't e- I, have, I have like four giant Tupperware tubs full of DVDs. I don't fucking know which one it's in, you know? Um, mm-hmm. no, so, but I, no, but I, I, I... Oh, sorry, Doc. No, go ahead, Monkey. 
Go ahead, monkey. No, I, was gonna... I insist. Yeah, monkey. Talk, monkey. Talk. <laughs> Spit it up, monkey. Dance, what the fuck? Monkey, dance. No, because I was going to say I 100% agree <laughs> with what monkey. Doc has, has been saying because I only watch TV to watch NASCAR, NFL, and I'm starting to get into hockey now. And I only use what, what TV for those. What the fuck is taking you so long? I was raised in the what? South, man. I, we didn't know what the fuck hockey was. Oh, um, but... <laughs> No, but I only use TV for those things. Other than that, it's like I, I don't use live TV. And I agree with what the doc is saying is you're going to have all these sites coming up all over the place, and the market's going to get saturated. And yeah. I'm thinking it's going to be a lot like the whole dot-com thing, you know, in the late 90s and, you know, early 2K where we, we have all these new websites coming up all over the place. And now, like, you know, only a tenth of them still exist. Like, I, I think that that's what's going to – happen is what the doc is saying is we're going to have all these streaming services coming out all over the place and then it's going to be a survival of the fittest of who's going to actually be able to survive and who's going to merger with each other and shit like that and you know in a couple of years we're only going to probably be back down to just a handful of streaming services yeah I mean I think that's the direction it's heading um, I mean I've been thinking about swing TV myself only because I like you guys I don't watch a lot of TV I watch a lot of Netflix. I watch a lot of movies, YouTube, Tubi TV. Um, on TV right now, the only things I watch are USA for Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, CNN, and CW for Riverdale. Literally, that's the only three channels I watch. And Riverdale's only on once a week, just like SmackDown. You watch Raw, You so. watch Big Bang Theory. I do watch Big Bang Theory. So there you go. So that's another and one. Chris, and if and I, and if I will, what I will say is, what I will say <laughs> is this. If, if I remember it correctly... Sling does not have CBS, nor do they have the CW. Oh, see, there you go. So I read that'd be down. <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, that's, sure again, like I, I said, that's why I went. That's why I went with Hulu because all you got okay. with Sling, as far as like local channels here, you got NBC and Fox, and that was it. Okay, Channel Five and fucking Channel Four. Mm. Which uh, so who would be I don't know. Yeah. And and I don't in know my what opinion, yes, that it, it does have a, a big price difference. <laughs> but you know what? Sling will okay. probably end up going up too with all the rest of them going up. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens because I feel that once these all these and they're going to have to. Well, I mean, I don't know necessarily about a service like Sling, which is just screening like streaming, uh, you know, TV channels. But like with Netflix going up a couple of bucks, like truthfully. Like, with the level of original content and volume of original content that they're putting out, like, I really don't care if it goes up a buck or two. Uh, Netflix is on top of their fucking shit with their original content. They're delivering the goods all across Mm -hmm. every genre for the most part. Um, So kudos to them. Uh, You know, if I'm just watching Netflix and all they have is, like, 10,000 movies to choose from and, like, out of those 10,000, like 50 of them are worth watching. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm upset about a price increase, but they have just been killing it over the last few years yep. on the original content. I watch mm-hmm. more of their original content on there than anything else. And honestly, that's, you know what, again, even with the Hulu, you know, they have fantastic original content too that, you know, I find very, very entertaining. I'd say out of yeah, all you know, of the companies, as far as like entertainment value goes or their original content, Amazon is the worst. You know, like Amazon, I'm typically the only things I'm really watching on that are is if I need to pull up a movie and if I don't feel like buying it, which is almost never, the only other thing right. I like to access from Amazon is I, am, I, I can access Shutter through Amazon. Mm. Right. Which is a good bonus. Um, 
But well, you, I mean, but through, but through Amazon, yep. through your Amazon though, you do have to, you still do pay the, because I have at Prime. Uh, you still do it's like five yeah. bucks a month. You still have to pay the extra for the shutter though, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, the the Amazon we get through. Yeah, you know, we've got shared accounts with various family members and whatnot. So I share Hulu, they share this, and so forth and so forth. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. I was gonna say. Speaking of Amazon, <clears throat> Shutter would cost extra, even though it is on Amazon Prime. Um, yeah, but it's on but, Prime. It's on Prime uh, as like a Amazon channel through Prime. It's mm-hmm. still, even though it's through Prime, it's still a subscription service. It's not like in mm-hmm. with Prime. Um, no, it's, it's which an I, wish, I wish that it Prime. Yeah, it's an it's an add-on, uh, but you know, uh, which is cool. And you know, I haven't had the chance to like peruse the entire uh, catalog they have on Shutter, but like, I feel like that there for like five bucks a month. You know, like that sounds like a pretty good deal if you're a fucking horror movie fan. It's yeah. only exactly it's five dollars. It's fucking awesome, man. Really, and you yeah, get all the Joe Bob It's got old movies, shit, new movies. shit. And, yeah. You know, do all of you guys have some guys, original yeah. shit for them too? All well, you guys yeah, have. All you guys have Shutter. I do not. I don't. And no. actually, and Andy actually found recently a really good alternative to paying five bucks a month for Shutter, which is at TubiTV.com. Oh, I've I've been watching Tubi. That's where I watched. Uh, that's I have. That's that one of the apps I was talking about. That's where I watched uh, Bubba Hotep for the show. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Now. But they, they content-wise, like, if there's an original, if there's, like, a Shudder original movie, that's not on Tubi TV. That's only on Shudder. Yes, that's right. You don't want to be able to find okay. it on Shudder. Like, Joe Bob Brady. All right. The reason, the reason I Shutter. was asking is that uh, my, one of my potential picks for next week was a Shudder original movie. But if we don't have access, I'm going to pick something else. Well, we'll see. We'll see what we can do with it. But we'll figure it out. Um, but I wanted to switch over real quick after that discussion because we had brought up Amazon Prime. Um, over the weekend, I actually went on to YouTube and I purchased a digital copy of Suspiria from 2018, which is actually an Amazon Prime uh, funded film, the Luca Guadagnino film. Um, and I was kind of excited going into it. I wasn't one of those guys that was saying Dario Argento's vision is the only vision. You know, I was kind of looking forward to it. We talked about it on the show when the trailer dropped. Um, talking about how it looks different, how it feels different, and it might be a fun film. And it really is. Um, and I don't want to spoil it too much in case any of you guys or anybody that's listening wants to watch Suspiria from 2018. But rest assured, it is completely different from the Argento film. I mean, it's almost its own film in a way, where if you never saw Suspiria from 1977, you would have no problem watching Luca Guadagnino's version of the film. As uh, Dakota Johnson is great. Was that cool? No, as it should be. You know, I mean, I think when you're when you're taking something from that long ago and you're yeah. reimagining it and you're modernizing it, while it should keep elements of the original, it should really stand as its own piece. To, you know, I, I always cite Maniac and the remake of Maniac yes. as yep. you know the best example of that done well. You know, where you have two movies. That, you know, you, while they could be considered, you know, the new one could be considered a remake, it's more of like it's just, it's just following in the footsteps of what that original film did. It was just, you know, this is just a maniac, you know? A reimagining. I felt the same way about Evil Dead, the uh, Fetty Alvarez film that came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it's Evil Dead, but it's not the Evil Dead with Ash. It's its own version of Evil Dead. 
which is why I love Yeah, I, I like certain so elements of that. I think they could have taken certain things in that and gone a little deeper, a little farther with them. Uh, they could have. I mean, with uh, Suspiria, the 2018 version, um, comparing it to the original, yes, there's some characters that are in the film that are in the original, like Susie Banyan, who's played by Dakota Johnson. Um, you have uh, Madame Marcos, who's the mother of the school. Um, I do give a lot of credit to Luca for having a lot more dancing because it does take place at a dancing academy. So he does take the time to actually show you some of those things rather than what Dario did, which is kind of give you the mystery of it, the gel aspect of witches being at this academy. Luca kind of gives it to you right up front that there's witches in this academy. Like he does not shy away from it. There's no mystery of, as to what's going on. But I will give complete credit to Tilda Swinton, who not only plays Madame Blanc, one of the teachers in the school, but also plays Professor Josef Klemperer, a male, in complete makeup. I mean, unless you know the voice, you wouldn't think that's actually Tilda Swinton. And she also plays Mother Marcos, uh, heavy in makeup in the third act. And I will not spoil the third act, but you will not believe that it's actually Tilda, um, you know, until you see the credits. But the only thing I didn't like about the film was that Tom York of Radiohead did the score, and it's just not really there. It's a lot of tones. It's a lot of just kind of strings. It's not the Goblin not, score from the Seven Goblin. Or film. That's, that's what you want to say, not, man. I, I know what yeah. you wanted to say. Goblin. <laughs> I was going to say that, but it's not. Because the Goblin score for the 77 Goblin is just so atmospheric. Kidder Goblin. <laughs> yeah. It's ethereal. It's great. It's, it's what makes that film so good. The 77 version is the Claudio Simonetti score uh, from Goblin for Suspiria. Now, interesting yeah, the, enough. The, the, good, Monkey. Oh, no, I was going to say I agree with you that uh, the, the music and the score is practically its own character in the original movie. It is. Mm-hmm. It, it adds to it, and it accentuates what's happening, you know, as opposed to Tom York, who added very little. But, you know, it, it's an interesting score nonetheless. Um, but like I said, there's two different movies that you could pick up at any point. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz actually is in the movie playing Pat Hingle. Um, and it's great to see her in the film playing kind of off base for Girl. what she's been known to play, you know, different movies. You would not recognize her unless you knew what she looks like because it's so heavy in makeup. Um, but what I was going to say is that it's interesting that Dario Argento actually commented on the film during a radio interview a couple weeks ago in Italy. He didn't spare any words, he did, man. He didn't trash the film, which I really appreciated. He didn't say this is a piece of shit remake. You shouldn't watch it. My original is the best. He said it just lacked the spirit of what he created. But otherwise, it's a great film, and he respects Luca Guadagnino for actually taking the material and making his own film. So, I, you know, hats off to the maestro, low. Dario, for saying that. But still, in his comments, he did say that it did not excite him he said there was no fear, but, there was no good music, nope. and it also did not satisfy. But he, he, said, while the film, he, said, he said why the film was uh, a refined film uh, mm-hmm. and that the director was a refined person. You know, I felt that his comments actually were pretty harsh. I didn't take it that way. I mean, I, I did not take it the same way. Um, you know, because, again, I'm a huge fan of Suspiria. It's probably my favorite Dario Argento film. But at the same time, the 2018 version is its own beast in its own way. I felt like it was a little bit too long in a lot of parts because it is a two-and-a-half-hour film. I felt like it could have been chopped up a little bit tighter. But at the same time, it's an enjoyable experience. So 
for Dario to say those things, I don't think he was meaning it to be any slight. I think he was just saying, listen, you know, I mean, you can't do my film, do your own thing, and he did. So there's a lot of people that love the the new one, and there's a lot of people that hate it, but it's not one of those films where there's people that are kind of in the middle where I am, where I liked it. I just I didn't love it as much as I loved Dario's film. So I felt that Dario was so masterful with his version compared so to, where to Lucas, who did a good job. Oh. Sorry. Um, so where did the decision come from to do the remake? Was that a studio decision, or was Dario involved with that decision at all? He Any was idea? not involved at all. Not at all. Uh-oh. It was okay. uh, Luca and the studio to do it. It wasn't up to Dario. Dario did get a credit in the, the opening credits of <laughs> writing the original with Dario Nicolotti. Yeah. Uh, but the that's decision that's comes the from the, the High Council of Shit Remakes who decides what <laughs> legendary properties to sully next. A bunch of rich assholes sit in a fucking castle somewhere saying, yeah. hmm, what property have we not fucking soiled? Uh, oh, we haven't done Suspiria yet. Let's fucking make the nerds go crazy with anger and remake that. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think there was a lot of anger going into Suspiria. I don't remember seeing a lot of people going, I think that I we're beyond the part of, I think we're beyond uh, anger when it comes to that shit. I think it's more just like, you know, resigned acceptance that this is the way of the world these days. Well, also I think that Argento was an acquired taste as a director. It's not. He is. You know, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's not uh, the same ire that was felt when they were remaking Halloween. <laughs> or Night of the Living Dead, or even Dawn of the Dead, even though I know the doc loves that film. There's a lot of people that were detractors. I feel like Argento is kind of one of those guys where it's an acquired taste. So there's not going to be a lot of people saying, how dare you, you know? Well, especially with Suspiria, where watching it, you're watching it, in my opinion, an art piece, you know, and sometimes that art piece needs translation for, you know, other people. And maybe this movie is, the remake is going to serve as a decent, vehicle as a translation of Dario's piece into modern time. Which, yeah, I, I took it completely as that way because I was glad that Luca took it and he ran with it in his own way. Rather than copy what Dario did, he's not going to do the same shots, even though there are a couple of Dario shots in the film that I kind of appreciated. You know, it's Just not completely a little Dario. nod. <laughs> yeah, the, the classic Dario kind of zoom in on the character's face that he used to do a lot in the 70s. A lot of that's in there. But it, it's it's not even a love letter. It's a spirit. It's basically Lucas saying, I have my own vision, and this is what I'm going to do, and, and it worked in a lot of ways. It's just that I will always refer to the original as far as it being the better of the two. But at the same time, I think that if you want something different and you want something a little bit more fleshed out where there's not a lot of mystery, then, yeah, I would say Spiria 2018 is the film that you should check out because it's well-acted, well photographed, and aside from the score, it's well worth the time. So, you know, kind of just sit down and watch it and compare the two and see where you kind of fall with the original versus the uh, updated. Cool. Very excited. (laughs) So, Doc, did you have any other news? For this week's yeah, I haven't even... What do you mean any other news? None of the news has been (laughs) mine thus far. What are you even talking about? Uh, Anyway... Uh, the first thing I want to talk about, and I know that this is uh, loaded up to the old Facebook page this week, uh, is the announcement of Netflix's continuing 
uh, with their original content. Well, not fully original content, but bringing back a property to their uh, roster of original shows with their updated version of Unsolved Mysteries. And yeah, uh, this is something <laughs> that the ghoul is excited. <laughs> the ghoul is very excited. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Oh, come on. You were in the car, dude. Remember in the back seat? I wonder why the mysteries never get solved. Oh, shit, that's right. Who said that shit? Um, Dana something, I think it was. Who, what? Dana something, Ditzel's ex-girlfriend. Oh, my God, yeah, Dana, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about Unsolved Mysteries, and she was like, I don't understand why we never find out what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Except for when there's a special update, that scary music would come on, and it would be like, update, and you'd be like, oh, fuck, what happened? But anyway, uh, so Netflix has... uh, Netflix has uh, put up a uh, 12-episode season of Unsolved Mysteries. They promised to bring back the creepy, fearful atmosphere of the original series, which, uh, you know, completely went to hell with the shitty, low-rent uh, Dennis Farina-hosted... Not Dennis Farina. Um, Dennis Farina? Am I got that right? Yeah, Who Farina. am I thinking of? Yeah, yeah Dennis, Dennis Farina-hosted Farina. uh, version that was, like, really super fucking cheesy and low-rent. Uh, maybe you because be I'd, Robert like, Stack. I have too many... I have too many comedic things associated with Dennis Brina, but Robert yeah. Stack's presence and voice lent this kind of real intense seriousness to it. And that show was airing at the perfect time. That was like the late eighties. I'm like, you know, 12, 13 years old. I watched that show absolutely religiously loved that show. That was like, that was must see television for me. Like I was tuning in weekly. There was no way I was missing unsolved mysteries when I was a kid. Uh, I continue to be interested in unsolved mysteries in the world in general. Uh, yeah. Introduce a lot of that stuff in reading material with my students. And if Netflix is promising to bring back the creepy, fearful atmosphere, uh, that would be fantastic. And there's even the word going around that has that I haven't been able to confirm yet uh, that they might be looking to acquire and use the original soundtrack. Uh, I'm so hoping. Yeah. That remains to be seen, but I feel that given the quality and care and attention to detail that Netflix has put into their genre originals, I have high hopes for this one uh, being in Netflix hands. Well, and I'm glad that you brought up Dennis Serena too, uh, Doc, because when they did that reboot of Unsolved Mysteries with Dennis Serena, it wasn't even new mysteries. It was the Robert Stack mysteries, and they were just replaying it with Dennis Serena talking about it. But you could tell that the footage was from like the early 90s. <laughs> Not all of the footage, man. I didn't stick with that show a lot, but I watched the first couple of episodes, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they were using some newer, some newer updated stuff for that as well. Uh, there's a couple oh, of things were. I remember distinctly from the first couple episodes. They weren't just uh, rehashing old stuff from the '80s. They might have. I don't. I don't even know if this is true or not. Whether or not they even covered any of the same stories, but they weren't just they going back and, and pulling old footage from from the old show. Well, because I do remember one episode with Farina where they did cover the Matthew McConaughey episode where he played uh, the one guy that got shot in his driveway. And I'm like, but that happened with Robert Stack. Like, that's not even a new mystery. <laughs> like, you know, it's, that, that, that's McConaughey in the 90s. That's not now. But, yeah, so that was one of those episodes where I'm like, that's just recycled footage. Um, but, you know, Ghoul, what do you think about a recycled uh, – All right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, no, I'm excited for it, man. Again, and it, you know, I like to, to watch all kinds of different things, so – you know, it's something I'll uh, it definitely rekindles 
a little bit of a nostalgia for me. So I will uh, certainly check it out. Like I know for one, I was pretty disappointed when I saw that, you know, originally they had announced that they were bringing back like rescue nine one one, but instead it's whatever that show is with fucking Jennifer Love Hewitt called nine one one. Yeah. 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 I which, love rescue nine one one though. What is that? I was a fan, you know, back then, you know, yeah. it was good stuff yeah. to watch. And I watched that too, man. sit and actually watch with your parents, you know, which wasn't terrible. It wasn't something fucking horribly boring or, you know, I don't know. It was like a young, older child, you know, or like, you know, in my early teen years, that was the kind of stuff that I enjoyed. I don't know. I've been trying to watch the second season of the making of a murderer thing, but they, uh, it just, it feels like they put that out just to put that out. It's kind of going nowhere, at least. That's what it feels like. But Didn't I guess it's going to go as far as the fucking case is going. <laughs> so, what do you think about that movie, Unsolved Mysteries? Are you ready to solve a mystery again? No, I think it could totally work, you know. But uh, I'm curious, like, you know, how it's going to survive now He's in curious, the days where we where we have. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about slinging. No, but uh, <laughs> I'm curious at how well this is going to survive in the Internet age because that was part of the wonder of the show, you know, along with, like we talked about last week with Ripley's Believe It or Not, you know, are these shows going to be able to survive in this day and age is, the, you know, my, my big wonder about these. I think it will. I mean, especially if they're going to bring back the theme, you know, they bring back the spooky tones and, and tell the scary stories that they did. I think it'll hold up. I think for people like us who watched it in its original run, I think we're the audience that they're looking for for this, not like a new audience. Maybe there will be a new audience. Maybe there will be a bunch of new kids watching it and going, oh, I love this show. That's what I'm hoping for, but I'm in. Like, I can't wait. I, just, I hope they get somebody good to host it that has that Robert Stack kind of uh, appearance. Well, you did have an opinion on the Facebook page about who you thought should host. Well, of course, Bruce Campbell. I mean, why not? If he's going to host Ripley's, have him do one. He's doing Ripley's, though. But have them do Untold Mysteries, too. Why not? Keep them working. Keep those paychecks coming in. He needs it. But do you think he can pull off the serious tone? You know, I prefer a more serious act, well, person. You know, give me somebody new. Just bring in some old dude. Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Just bring in some old guy. <laughs> well, we have yeah, I mean, come on, Vermont. Anthony Hopkins could definitely... Uh, do it. He's doing anything these days. If you've seen him in fucking Transformers the last night, you know exactly what I mean. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I still can't believe that. When he told me about that plot, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> does he really need a paycheck that bad? I guess he does. I don't think he needs it that bad. I think it's just, you know, he's at that point where he just takes money. He's kind of like at a Michael Caine point, you know? Exactly. He needs to buy another house. <laughs> I mean, he was great in Thor. I mean, I give him that. You know, Odin. Like Stephen. Uh, but what else you got, Doc? Uh, so in our genre, um, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, you know, and his works and influence is sprinkled all throughout our genre. Um, one of the interesting Edgar Allan Poe projects that is coming to the forefront now that some of the other projects have been wrapped up, has been the Edgar Allan Poe biopic that none other than our Sylvester Stallone has been writing since the very early 70s. Uh, Stallone, oh, Stallone has been working on an Stallone has been working on an Edgar Allan Poe biopic for a long, long time, and uh, he recently on his official Instagram has shared uh, some video 
of his entire collection of notebooks and research on this. And now that his last couple of projects have wrapped up, he's full speed ahead on finishing that script, uh, you know, and uh, is hoping to at least have the opportunity to direct. One of his earlier treatments uh, going back to the 70s had him planning to star in it. And you can even see a picture of him in a in a costume and uh, makeup workup back in the 70s. But he obviously has no intention on uh, acting in this movie, at least not acting in the Edgar Allan Poe role, but uh, he is hoping to direct. And, uh, you know, putting aside all the bombs and bullets and machine guns and muscles, Sylvester Stallone, uh, you know, he has, he, he's been an Academy Award nominated writer. Like the guy is a writer and, uh, and he's working. What's that? <laughs> yeah, but still Rocky. The guy in his fucking, fucking 20s wrote a fucking screenplay, man. Okay, but again, Rocky. man, you're talking, it's, it's Rocky, which was fantastic, but, you know, I mean, I don't know, like, I'm just, just trying to picture this whole thing, you know, once upon a midnight dreary, you know, while I, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume forgotten law. You see, law. Not a law like you use for fishing and not like the laws that I used to break when I try to not break people's thumbs but like a law. Oh, yeah, you know, the like law. a story. The law. You know. And while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. To some visitor I muttered, tapping at my I chamber mean, door. Check, only check your messages, nothing man. more. And I was like, hey, yo, it's a raven. And he said, never more. <laughs> and like I Hold said, he wasn't not planning on acting. Never more. I would pay to see a movie with Seth Stallone as a girl. <laughs> I, would. I would love it. I would. I would love it. I would. I'd pay right now. If Seth Stallone said, I'm going to play a girl on ho. I would love it. I would love him to do the audio books for Edgar Poe. <laughs> I'd buy those. <laughs> this is the Telltale Heart. And it's like it's beaten underneath the floorboards. And I was like, what is that? It is a heart. <laughs> underneath the floorboards. And I'm like, oh, hey, hey, Louie, what's this noise? It's a fucking heart. <laughs> And I hear it thumping, thumping. <laughs> did I kill my Annabelle Lee? I think I did. <laughs> so, so, oh. so we're going to produce this. Take my money now. I'm serious. Just take my money now. <laughs> I just provided to your messengers. Uh, you can see the 1970s uh, workout, work up, worked up photograph. The workout work video. Out. I got both workout video. Hey yo, I'm gonna pump mine while reading the Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Hey, we're gonna be reps. sweating to the poldies. <laughs> Oh man, I, I'm seeing this pic now, and it looks like he's trapped in a Lewis Carroll type thing going on here. Just oh wow, this is oh man, top hat and everything. This is just fucking lovely. <laughs> I'm telling you, I would love it. Like, I, I take my money, just get, get the audiobooks. 
That's just the one. I was Ebenezer. That was when I was Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> oh, I, I would buy that too. Him as Ebenezer Scrooge. And I was like, hey, oh, Tiny Tim, stop being a bitch. Let's go block some meat. <laughs> so, so what else do we have, Doc? <laughs> you guys don't have any faith. All right. So my most favorite piece of news that I have tonight, and I am so excited about this. So we what have else talked, is Stallone working on? <laughs> uh, we have talked many times on this show about all of the legal wrangling and nonsense that's going on with the Friday the 13th properties and lawsuits and bullshit mm-hmm. that is keeping any type of thing <clears throat> moving forward, whether it's a, a remake, a reboot, a reimagining, a re-whatever-the-fuck-you-want-to-call-it, uh, stuff with the video game uh, has been put on hold as everybody is trying to get a piece of the pie and sort out who owns what and who gets what money, uh, this nonstop bullshit. Uh, but I was reading, and I don't know if any of you guys have heard about this, but I was reading about a project that's called 13 Fanboy. And 13 Fanboy is going to be a feature film coming out in 2019 that is written and directed by uh, Deborah Voorhees, who played Tina in Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning. And in 13 13 Fanboy, here here is our premise. Here's our premise for 13 Fanboy. Uh, In 13 Fanboy, a fan of the Friday the 13th movie series uh, has gone off of the deep end and sets out to improve upon the movie kills by stalking and re-killing or killing the actors and actresses that starred in the Friday the 13th uh, movies. Uh, This is going to be no CGI and all practical effects and already signed on is C.J. Graham, who played Jason in Friday the 13th Part 6, Tom Matthews, who played Tommy in Friday the 13th Part 6, Judy Aronson, who played Samantha in Part 5, Tracy Savage, who played Debbie in Part 3, Jennifer uh, Barlow or Barco, who played Young Tina in Part 7, Ron Sloan, who played Junior in Part 5, Carol Locatell, uh, who played Ethel in Part 5, Kane Hodder, and Deborah Voorhees, who played Tina, will also be starring in it. So they have been just rounding up veterans of the Friday the 13th series uh, to make this kind of meta, uh, real-life spin on the Friday the thir- things in the larger Friday the 13th universe. And uh, I just think this, this sounds like so much fun. I think this sounds like a, yeah. like a super fun project. It does cool. sound fun, but it also does sound very much like Wes Craven's New Nightmare which was a very meta version of Nightmare on Elm Street in which, you know, Freddy Krueger was killing, you know, the real-life actors involved in the Nightmare franchise. In a way, but it's impressive that they got that cast, though. You know, well, I mean... No, oh, I, I love it. You know me, I'm a Friday doing. fan, so I'll be... I'll, they yeah. take my money and, now, and, and that type of deal. They're, so. still, they're, still, they're still working on casting, uh, so I'm sure as this thing progresses, they'll get even more... Uh, people that have been in Friday the 13th movies, but I just, it just sounds fun. And because everything else is stalled, I think this will be a fun and unique kind of take. And yes, maybe there's elements of, uh, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street movie that you just referenced, but I just feel like 
this sounds like fun way to kind of enjoy and poke fun at the Friday the 13th series with a bunch of familiar faces that have been burned into and ingrained into our, into our brains and our memories, yeah. uh, you know, throughout our adolescence, adolescence into adulthood, uh, as we all fell in love with watching these movies. So uh, this just sounds like I was reading about this yesterday for the first time. It was the first time I've heard about it. And I just, I just sounds like a great time to me. And hopefully, uh, you know, the, the product that hits the screen uh, will convey as much. Where's Feldman? I'm sure he's available. You know, get him in there. I'm sure he's not doing much. Mm-hmm. Tommy from Portfolio. Oh. Feldman, you know how he is though, man. He's a bit of a prima donna. That might be a little little rough to do. He's got his angels, yeah. dude. Corey's angels. He does. He's too busy with that. Or at least, you know, get Reggie the Reckless. Shavar Moore. I'm sure he'd be excited to be back putting on that red hoodie again. Depends <laughs> you know, if his dad will let him die on screen. Well, I'm pretty sure that's changed. Pretty sure now <laughs> he called the shot, but who knows? <laughs> I mean, his dad did let him get assaulted in the bike shop. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Doc, uh, wrapping up, what else do you have for us? That's what I got. All right, excellent. All right, so good news. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I know you said casting is uh, going on. Is it going to be theatrical? Is it going to be one of those kind of fan films straight to DVD? Uh, there was no information other than a release in 2000, sometime in the, the back end of 2019. Uh, there's been no word that I saw about theatrical versus VOD or a streaming service, et cetera. Okay, well, very good. Um, so, yeah, before we get into Terrifier tonight, there's one other thing I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, if you guys have the History Channel, there is a series going on right now called Project Blue Book, which is all about the 1951 to 1969, roughly, uh, investigation into UFOs. Robert Zemeckis is the producer, so he's behind this project all the way. Um, the first three episodes are available on demand, um, and it goes into the case files of the Project Blue Book, uh, where they talk about the Lubbock Lights. Uh, they talk about the stellar dogfight, uh, the fuller dogfight, I should say, where a uh, U.S. Uh, Air Force pilot fought in a uh, supposed UFO. Um, so it's really well done. Um, it's all dramatized, but they do show actual photographs and footage from each particular case at the end of the episode. Um, I'm a huge fan of anything that has to do with UFOs and extraterrestrials. So definitely check out Project Blue Book on History Channel if you have the time. It's on Tuesdays at 10 p.m., uh, hour-long episodes, but they're a lot of fun. I don't know how you guys feel about UFOs, but I'm all in when it comes to anything that has to do with extraterrestrial. Well, you know me. I met an alien, so. <laughs> it is back yours. <laughs> he did, so you know they exist. You're all in. He touched me. <laughs> he did. Not, not, not in a bad way. And you were never the same afterwards. No, it definitely wasn't the same after. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about that type of stuff, but Project Blue Book, I remember reading about that back in high school and just being obsessed with all these supposed UFO sightings and is it a weather balloon? Is it swamp gas? Is it real? Is it not? I mean, I just – I think the government is definitely hiding something, and I kind of wish that this stuff could be declassified. Like, I think we as uh, Americans should deserve to know about the existence of, of UFOs and aliens. I don't know why the government's always trying to hide that from us. 
So with the government shutdown, does that mean we can go to Area 51? Yeah, yeah why not? Worry about security. Yeah. Well, depends if there's actually an, anything to actually hide, man. You know, I know I heard something a couple weeks ago. You know, there was a repeating radio signal that they picked up from space, which. You know, it could just simply be a natural phenomena, but it is. It always interests when we find something that has a pattern of any sort, because you know, obviously there are certain things that that create those kind of sounds and whatnot. But it could also always mean that somewhere on another planet there is life, but they are just as technologically advanced as we are, which means they're yeah. not fucking doing hyperspeed travel or. You know, they're not gelatinous fucking blobby eyes fucking floating around space looking to abduct people and stick their things up people's asses. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, one of those things where it's like I could do a whole episode on all of of the things that the government's been trying to hide, like the Majestic 12 from 1947 with President Truman to Dwight D. Eisenhower supposedly meeting with aliens in 1954 at the Holloman Air Force Base where he created a treaty with the alien graves which is, if you want to do a deep dive on that, go online and just talk about Dwight D. Eisenhower aliens, and it fucking blows your mind. Uh, this stuff is out there. Like, there's actual government paperwork that actually details meetings with alien grace. Like, yeah, I'm okay. You know what? I think there's real things to deal with in life, you know, that, uh, that, that flights of fancy to that effect I'll, uh, I'll avoid. Yeah. But going from aliens to terrify some people to clowns to terrify others... We have a movie to talk about tonight, and that's Damon Leone's Terrifier, uh, which is a title for a bad prodigy song, maybe, but maybe it's just a title for a horror film. Uh, Ghoul, this is your pick tonight, so why don't you hit us with the synopsis, and uh, let's go from there. Scary clown makeup, (laughs) drags a bag around, butchers the fuck out of some people. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so this movie was only 20 I mean, minutes long it, it, well, You know what It could have been It could have been a, It could have been a short um, But You know I mean listen Overall This is one of those films That I've been You know I saw it when it First came on Netflix I didn't watch it But you know I saw it And I was like Alright great yeah. Another clown movie They're Trying to capitalize on it All this and that But then I started hearing the grumblings from other people, you know, like, oh, you know, you should check out Terrify. It's really good, you know, and you see reports and, and all that shit about, you know, uh, uh, you know, the new horror. Now, is this elevated horror? No, it's not fucking nope. elevated horror. This is, no. you know, the things that we love about horror movies, man. Like, this is just one of those, like, right the fuck in your face. You're not getting a lot of plot. You're not getting a lot of story. You're definitely not getting any fucking reasoning. All you're getting is a monster, man, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Doc, what do you think about Terrifier? I thought that, uh, you know, in between some meandering nonsense, there was some really uh, good gory scenes to watch, and I enjoyed those gory scenes very much. Um, at an hour and 24 minutes, it felt a little long to me. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I certainly enjoyed the gore. Yeah. No, I agree with those sentiments. Uh, Monkey, Terrifier, your thoughts? Um, again, yeah, this is one of those movies that I, you know, saw pop up. And, you know, like the Google has said, we heard all the rumblings in our horror community, you know, from all, all of our 
friends and family out there, you know, that listen to the show, and everyone was talking about how this is going to be the next best great movie that's out there, and how everyone loves it. Yeah, so, you know, we checked it out. This this is what we're doing tonight, guys. And, yeah, it's like there's uh, this movie, it's like I'm loving it and hating it at the same time. I think this movie would have been better as just a short. Um, it, It struck me as just strung out. And for the, like, I like the beginnings of art. And unfortunately, I was expecting things to evolve, and it didn't. Um, But then also, like, on the flip side, on the gore side, it's like this movie was, unfortunately, a one-trick pony for me. You know, and while it was a hell of a fucking trick, and I really, really liked it, and we will get to it. But, yeah, it's like, unfortunately, I wanted more, and it didn't give me more. Hmm. All right. Good points. Good points all around. Um, and that's the one thing I want to interject with is that uh, ghoul, monkey, you know, and even the doc's point about it being a little long, everybody's saying this could have been a good short. It was a it short. It was a short. Yes. A part of All Hallows Eve, which was an anthology movie taking place on Halloween. And he had all these different stories. And Terrifier was one of them. And it was a short, and it worked as a short, and it was fine for what it was. But for some reason, Damien Leone, the director, decided to make it into a feature. And that's where you kind of have the problem, where it doesn't translate into an hour and a half worth of a film. It works as a great short. Hour and if you had minutes. chopped off a lot of this film, it would have worked better. But now you're getting the full-length Terrifier, and that's where it fell apart, like the doc had said. Yeah, there's a lot of things in here that kind of plot along. But the the kills are great. You know, some of the gore is fine to look at. But, yeah, as a, a plot, there is none. I mean, at least to me. I felt like there's just – it's a, a short, and they're trying to make it into a feature, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, it's just there's not enough plot for an hour and a half worth of a film. Right. I agree. Now, before we dive in, I just want to say, uh, King, you and I were talking last night, and – you, you know, you had told me about how this was originally a short. And the way this usually works with, you know, our little horror movies that grow up to, be, off, you know, start off as shorts and go to become stuff is you have the short, they like what they do with the short, and they decide to go ahead and make a separate movie altogether. Yeah. That is their, their full-length film. This is not the way they went, is what you told me, and they went and did something different. Yeah, which is that they just basically replicated what they did in the short and licensed it to an hour and a half. Well, you were telling me also, though, sorry, this is what I was trying to get you to thinking, is that they just used this exact <laughs> yeah, Get me to uh, it. Get me to it, monkey. Come it on. It doesn't yeah, work well with innuendo, man. Yeah. No, but you were saying that it, what, they just used the exact same footage that was in the short. They didn't even they didn't bother. Re- yeah. They didn't even bother reshooting everything and making a fresh new movie. They just took the original short and then filmed a whole bunch of extra shit and, you know, taped and paper clipped it onto the short. Economical. Yeah. 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 Economical is right. But that's exactly what. Very much so. Well, you I mean, know, it sounds to me like, obviously, whoever did see this anthology, like, I know I didn't watch the anthology. I didn't know that this, you know, had come off of a short. Like I said, it felt like the kind of thing that would have worked well in that, 
you know, in that regard. So, but I'm guessing yeah. they felt like not enough people saw it, but the people that did see it enjoyed this character to the point that they felt like it could be a broader success, especially on the heels of it and, and all the clown shit that was going on. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of where I was confused because I, I had seen the short and I enjoyed it. And then I watched the, the full length, but the poster that I actually put on the talking terror Facebook page, you have these reviewers saying that uh, art, the clown more terrifying than Pennywise uh, art, the clown. He's up there with Jason and Freddie. And I just don't see it. I don't see art, the clown being up there with horror icons like Weatherface, Jason, Michael, I mean, who I, said I these things, the creators of the movie, no reviewers it's on the poster. There's different reviewers that actually watched the movie and had these comments. I mean, who, who, what reviewers? Like, does the director's, like, little brother has a little podcast or something, and that was the review? (laughs) Probably could be. I don't have the sources on the poster offhand. I have to look at the poster that I posted. But, yeah, there are separate reviewers saying that uh, Art the Clown makes Pennywise look like Krusty. And I don't agree with that whatsoever. Yeah, (laughs) dare to go where few films would even consider a thrilling, brutal, gory 80s throwback. (laughs) A torted force of mayhem and disgust. Yeah. (laughs) Is it really an 80s throwback? Like, do you guys get that? Because I didn't get that at all watching it. Like, (laughs) I don't feel like it's an 80s throwback slasher. I felt like it wanted to be, but I, I felt like it was more in the veins of maybe 90s than the 80s, but still. Um, no, like, no, no, no. It couldn't be 90s, man. 90s was all about fucking introspection and trying to yeah, get beautiful deep people. with shit and fucking emotional, you know, over-emotional teenagers that talked like they were 20-somethings, you know, when they were supposed PW to be horror, baby. Exactly. That was the 90s horror. This definitely had that, like, this felt like an 80s low-budget horror movie. You know what I mean? Like, this would have been, like, up there on the bin somewhere. You know, it would have seen, like, Maniac and Friday the 13th, and there's Terrifier, and, you know, I probably would have just picked up Friday the 13th for, like, you know, the thousandth time as opposed to renting any of those (laughs) others. Like I said, I never watched fucking Maniac. You know, I remember the fucking cover. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I know one of the movies I want to do eventually is uh, I, I told the king about it. Don't don't go into the woods or whatever it is yeah. because you know that was just one of those That's that I just thing. remember the cover art so clearly on that box, <clears throat> but never like and that was one that I actually just didn't have the balls to rent. You know, there was something <laughs> about it that just kind of like made me not want to fucking rent it because it just had this like creepy vibe about it. But you know, yeah. so I started <laughs> watching it completely recently and. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, no, I realized that pretty damn quick, so so that that's definitely yeah. something on the mm-hmm. table at some point soon. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll cover that. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, monkey. And while I definitely wouldn't put art up here, you know, with the the great franchises of all time, um the bits and pieces that I got from art though, I did have fun with. I mean, I got to admit, it's like I I thought the actor who played art did great with his facial expressions of Yeah. Capture, capturing the entire range of quote-unquote clown emotions, all right, just to fuck with the people that are actually scared of clowns. Okay. Mm-hmm. Th- thank you, Ghoul. Um, yeah. But, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, pe- pe- people that are definitely scared of clowns, it's like, I think he was awesome with nailing those classic expressions and getting it down. It's like, I, you know, he, he did great on that, and I thought he was – 
you know, the, the opening sequence of this movie uh, that we get him in is like I, I just loved him in in the restaurant, just hanging out there, um, doing what he did to the girls to fuck with them. Is like I personally had a great time just getting our introduction to art. Yeah, I didn't have any problem with art. Uh, David Howard Thornton, who plays Art the Clown, I I appreciated it. I, I like the fact that he didn't talk. You know, he just used mannerisms and his eyes and his mouth to kind of uh, convey what he's thinking and what he wants to do. I did appreciate that. Um, you know, but with the opening sequence of the victim of Art the Clown, I really, I don't know if you guys thought, and I wanted to get your guys' perspective, I didn't really need to have a reveal of what her face looks like after surviving art. I kind of wanted to be in shadow, but when they did the reveal, it felt really just kind of cheap. Oh. I wish they had just cut it in shadows. And I don't know oh, what you man. guys thought, but could have done it better, <laughs> because it just looked like amateur makeup effects. It was! <laughs> <laughs> It was literally yeah, liquid latex. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, Ghoul. Please, 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 Ghoul. What do you think? <laughs> no, no, no. I just giggled. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it was it was literally liquid latex poured over a facial mold, and they didn't even bother to really shape or anything or or whatnot. It was literally just a slit cut through the mouth. It's like. I remember being 13 and doing the exact same shit with liquid latex that I ordered out of Fangoria magazine because I was going to sit there and start making my own special effects and shit like that. And this was the exact same fucking shit. Man, you can even see the seam on the forehead of (laughs) the latex ended and the skin was there. It's like, you know, come on. Get a little liquid latex or something and just blend that shit, okay? It's like literally there's a line right across her fucking forehead where the latex stops and the skin starts again. I was so upset with this effects makeup. (laughs) Doc, what did you think about the the victim? I mean, I wasn't expecting groundbreaking special effects here. I mean, I wasn't like, oh, man, I wish this was in the shadows and didn't see it. But being that from the opening interview, you got like a a really good uh, feeling for what she looked like. And the big reveal at the end is to like be like, oh, look what we did. We tied the story (laughs) all around to the beginning. And here she is. Uh, and, what you know, like if that's, you know, that's what they're going for. Fine. That works. And, you know, I felt that the effect. Whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting Tom Savini here, you know? Um, <laughs> you know, I thought some it's of the other like effects she's... throughout, I, I thought some of the other effects not, uh, were pretty decent. Uh, she's but, not you know, whatever. Doing Poe, you know? <laughs> He's not. Um, it's just, it was, a, I think, a poor decision on, you know, the, uh, the director's part to kind of show you the face. I wish they had kept it in shadow, blurred it a little bit. Um, I know what he was going for because you have the scene of the reporter talking in the, the makeup room about how fucked up the girl's face was and oh, I'm beautiful though. But then you have her stabbing the reporter in the face repeatedly and beating her up and I don't know. So like Couching her eyes out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I liked it. And it's violence. It was <laughs> fine. I mean, from a violence standpoint, but I just didn't feel like I needed it. Like I just like, okay. Like, you know, I guess. They're giving us a little bit of blood to begin, but I just didn't feel well, like it, it. Yeah, I don't know. 
No, but this stacked on top of the other effects that we're going to get later. Then looking back just made me even more upset about our opening effects. All right. And while I had fun with the gouging out of the eyes and stuff like that at the beginning, it's fun, it's bloody, you know, it's all over the place. Again, though, we, you know, effects-wise, we have another movie where apparently there's no give on tissue or bone or anything like that. And people can just, you know, squeeze people's faces with no problem. You know, and shit just goes everywhere. But hey, you know, Listen, man. we're having fun with it. But, you know, I, I, I don't remember what season it was in in Game of Thrones, man. But there was a season where this really big dude known as the Mountain fucking oh, yeah, uh-huh. fought this this other guy, man, who was smaller than him, but the guy was a was a great fighter and used some poison and shit like that. But eventually the Mountain just grabbed this little fucking dude by the head yeah. and proceeded to fucking squeeze his head and you listened as the fucking bone crunched and you know you you just saw the bloods it was a fucking fantastically amazing fucking kill sequence that mm-hmm. you know forever for me will favorite. always stand yeah. as the pinnacle of watching somebody squeeze somebody's fucking head man better than jason ever did uh, it oh was that when oh, you were yeah. fighting the little spanish dude <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> And you thought the Spanish dude was actually going to win for a second? (laughs) No, no. Just the good people never win in those fucking in that show anyway. Uh, This is true. This is true. Okay, but movie. But back to the movie. All right. So, yeah. So we we have our opening, and yeah, it was fun. It was you know letting us know that this is definitely going to be a gory movie, you know, and you know strap in, let's see what happens, you know, and then we sit there and cut, and it's Halloween night, and I don't know about you guys, but I always love that they do you know ha- have those moments where it's horror movies that happen on Halloween or Halloween night, just makes it a little bit more special for me. <laughs> me too, I agree. I like the yeah. fact that it took place on Halloween. Um, really? With Art in the pizzeria with the two girls where he's just kind of focused on the one girl and not on the other one. And she takes a selfie with him, you know, because she <laughs> wants to just fuck with him the entire time. I do like the fact that Art had enough time to go to the bathroom and get really artistic with blood and shit. Well, <laughs> it's that he, well he, he spelled Art. <laughs> That's he did. what it is. <laughs> yeah, when uh, I think it was foreshadowing about what you were about to see for the next hour. But um, I think <laughs> oh yeah, I think that uh, anytime you have artwork made of shit, um, I feel that uh, you know that's a it's a very it's a very fine choice in your creation of a scene. Yes, thank you, thank you, Andy Warhol. <laughs> it's it's gonna gross. It, it's disgusting. Yeah, but yeah, it did what it needed to do. It gave me a good giggle and. Yeah, I, 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 I have no clue. I peel it off man. the wall. I was laughing my ass off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah especially because the, especially because you have that whole thing of the pizzeria guy just grabbing them and throwing them out, going, "You sick fuck!" You know, get the fuck out. You know, because we didn't know what he'd done in the bathroom yet, and the two girls thought he probably just came all over the walls or some shit like that. <laughs> Which is what you would think. Done he that. Did. Yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't? <laughs> There's a lot of white castles you can't go into because I've been there. <laughs> but he's yeah. on the white castle um, watch list. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not allowed on a white castle. Since <laughs> at 2 a.m. after I've had a couple. <laughs> but, 
You it was, it was fun. Semen. Animal semen. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, the, the pizzeria scene I did like because you have the one guy in the pizzeria cleaning up the shit, and you have art written on the wall and shit. You know, and he's like, I shouldn't have to fucking clean this shit up. Hey, you know, what am I doing over here? And then apparently art works very fast when it comes to killing people. Because he manages to capitate the one guy and carve him into a jack-o'-lantern in that time frame. I was like, he works fast. He's efficient. Yeah. If anything. Listen. Yep. Well, we, we know nothing about him. You know, there, there's no reveal. There's no motives. There's no nothing except for the fact that this guy's a fucking nut. You know, I mean, that's it. Yeah. And that's the one thing I do appreciate is that there's nothing about art that you get. He's just a fucking guy that wears clown makeup and wants to kill people. Like, I appreciate the fact that they didn't give him a background. I don't need it. I don't want it. So, yeah, again, I appreciate the fact that he's just a fucking psychotic. Like sloppy. Like a Mahoney. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, unfortunately not many people would know that reference. But, uh, but yes, very very much like sloppy. (laughs) You and I get that cool. (laughs) But, But, yeah, um. But it was a cool thing because, again, I like vicious kind of attacks on people, and I like the fact that they didn't shy away from it when he's stabbing the one pizzeria guy in the face. I thought we were only going to get the mm-hmm. one shot of him getting stabbed in the face. We get a bunch. And I was like, all right, so over and over. it was again. a good effect. Yeah, it was. And it's also completely random. No, no point, you know, for any of it, you know. And that for me, that makes Slasher even more fun as a when there's no agenda. Yeah. And again, that's kind of a, like I said, I don't feel like this is an 80s throwback, but at the same time, I give credit for that, where there's no explanation as to why Art is killing these pizzeria guys. He just wants to. No. And it was fun. Well, he's doing it because they fucking, you know, they, they kicked him out. He was busy stalking, you know, whatever his, his, his motives were. You know, he was busy fucking around and doing his thing. He obviously doesn't have good intentions at any point, but, you know, hey, look, these guys got in the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he took care of them in a great way. But, again, this is, like, in the movie, like the docket said, it kind of plods in a lot of ways. And I feel like when you get to, I don't know, it's not really a warehouse. I mean, I don't know what you guys thought about it, but it's kind of like an, uh, an office building in a way. It doesn't that, know what the fuck it is. Get to? This building is a fucking TARDIS, okay? Because this building is an <laughs> office building. They, there's offices in it. There's fucking shitty-ass truck stop bathrooms in it. There's a full-on, like, two-story garage in the basement somehow. There's huge-ass fucking steam tunnels that go all over the fucking place. Seriously, this building's a, a huge fucking TARDIS, and there's, like, 20 other buildings inside this motherfucker. <laughs> It's just and all that with the appearance of like you know a, a front entrance to like a regular apartment building. Yeah, it is weird. It's, it's like a weird kind of building, but apparently they have garages and a bunch of rooms and shit like that to go into. So that's and where Tara and Dawn break down. And Tara apparently has to really use the bathroom. So you get the introduction of Mike the Exterminator's like you can't be in here, but all right, if you have to use the bathroom, I guess I'll let you in. Like, what? Yeah, I mean, he didn't even try. He didn't even try to get like a Hummer or something, man. I'd be like, listen, you got me. I I want to watch. And and 
And also on top of that, like just go back. It's like I was really digging what Tara was wearing. I don't know about you guys. Like I, I dug that outfit she wore. <laughs> what the the skeleton costume? Uh huh. No, I like Dawn's outfit better. The witch costume. I'm like, I like that. That was a, that was a that was a scarecrow. It was a scarecrow. Was, I thought she was. She a witch. was she was dressed up as a scarecrow from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, do you, uh, Doc, uh, the one character I wanted to bring up, and I wanted to get the ghoul and, and uh, monkey on this, too, the weird cat lady that's in the building with the doll. Like, did you feel like that was the director saying, we have to have more people in this movie? Let's throw a, a sentient kind of person in this film? Because I felt no, like she my, had no bearing on the film. Yeah, well, well, when we first met her with the fucking doll acting like she's a mother, I'm thinking uh, in that moment... I'm thinking that maybe uh, down in the basement under this fucking warehouse, apartment, whatever this building is, that uh, Art the Clown has some kind of weird fucking universe happening down there, and this is one of the fucking nut jobs. Um, Or I was also thinking, all right, there's just another, this is like a fucking homeless fucking loon uh, down there that's just adding more dread to the situation. Um, I didn't really look at it as say, oh, we need more victims, but th- you know those two things I just said were like my initial thoughts of that. We definitely yeah. needed uh, more victims. Oh yeah, of course. But it's just it was one of those weird situations where when she confronts Art, you know, she asks him uh, if he ever had the mother's touch, and then she kind of cradles him so he could suck his thumb. I'm like, what is this? You <laughs> got the touch. <laughs> yeah. You got the power. <laughs> and, I just, I, I you know. <clears throat> Go ahead, monkey. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know. It's like maybe it was the way she was acting and the way she carried herself, reminding me a lot of the um, mother character from Nightbreed that had the kid that couldn't go out in the sunlight and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just her acting was a lot like that character. Plus, then wacky baby doll instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely kind of see that. But yeah, um, I was just waiting to see when she's gonna die. <laughs> I was like, when is this woman gonna die? Because she's another victim. Um, you know, and it, it was good to see though that when Tara is in the building and she gets confronted by Art, the fact that Art can be hurt. You know, he's not quite like a Michael Myers or a Jason Voorhees where it's like, yeah, if you stab him, he's going to feel it. He's not going to like it, but he could be damaged. But he, he's not going to yell, <laughs> but you can tell he hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, I just appreciate the fact that they're kind of trying to ground He suffers him. in he silence. A, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he's a little bit of a, a mortal character um, when Tara and him have their fight where she stabs him you know, in the back with the scalpel. You know, like, all right, so he could be hurt, you know, he, he should take damage. Yes, but at the same time, too, I mean, we're definitely seeing some sort of supernatural either healing or something because it doesn't look like anything that's gotten done to him has any effect for very long. But they're not mortal wounds either, though, when you have to think about it. Like, they're not fatal. Like, it's not like she's stabbed him in the face and he's like, I can't see now. It's like, no, it's. Like, you know, if you get stabbed in the back, you know, you could probably, you know, just keep on moving. Especially if you're a psychotic like Art is. You know, it's like, you can just keep going. I don't think you it would stop on PCP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be great. 
If he was just snorting cocaine throughout the entire movie, I'd be like, that's even better. Because now we know where he gets his power from. <laughs> I agree. I, I liked the design of art. I liked the look of him. I liked the, the performance yeah. of the actor for it. You know, that, that mm-hmm. was all positives in the film. So, I mean, I really don't have much complaint as far as that goes. Yeah, and I think that's what we're all in agreement with, is that the character of art played by the actor is great. The mannerisms that he has, the fact that he doesn't talk, but when he laughs, it's silent, but you can tell he's laughing. At one point when he uses the uh, little honky horn to honk at the one girl. What do you mean the honky horn, motherfucker? What do you mean honky horn, motherfucker? Yeah, the honky horn. The white guy horn. (laughs) Horny honky? But I think the, the, the grand set piece I think that we're all wanting to talk about is when Tara is subdued by Art and tied to the chair, and she sees her friend, Dawn, tied upside down like a deer, Ed Gein style, naked, and Art is fucking with her, but he grabs the, the saw and saws Dawn in half. Again, you got to throw a lot of just realism out of this scene because there's no way that saw is cutting through a human body like that. He cuts it through like butter. Like, I was like, come on. Like butter. Well, have you ever tried? Have you ever tried it, man? It's, you know, those, those saws can cut pretty good. Uh, you know, um, it was great, man. As soon as I saw the position she was in, I knew exactly where this was going. Oh, yeah. And yeah. You know what? I was fucking thrilled. You know, one of the things that that we constantly talk about in the show is PG-13 horror, how we don't get, you know, like, and and yeah, maybe we're not getting the depth of story. Maybe we're not getting development of character, but we are getting all of that blood and guts and all the shit that we want to see. We want to see him in those movies, but, you know, unfortunately, mm. we're not getting in those films. But at least it was, like I said, it was nice to see it, man. And as I want to see those more. panties off, I was like, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was like, if you really, if you, if you, yeah. uh, uh, one, when he started, when he started cutting, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, he's really going to cut her, like, right down the middle. <laughs> uh, my immediate thought was, <laughs> are they going... Are they going to show uh, the hatchet sawing, uh, you know, right through the middle? And they totally did, and I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. It was really good. I just I wanted more shots of it. Like, I felt like we didn't get it, enough. It reminded you know, me of some of those Japanese movies that, that we would watch late night. You know, Doc, it would be yeah, like, man. oh, fuck, are they going to actually go there? And then it was like, yeah, because we don't see that in American films, you know? Like, it just doesn't happen that way. And and then all of a sudden, it's like, yep, here here it is. They they went there. They did it. All the way through the skull. I was like, all right, I appreciate it. I don't think he's going to go all that way with that saw he's using, but great okay. effect, and especially when he takes a selfie afterwards where he's laying on his stomach and he's just taking those selfies, smiling afterwards. I'm like, yeah, all right. I kind of like that. <laughs> it's great. It's great commentary on, you know, certain things today, man. Well, it's yeah, like because and... it's kind of like revenge in a way because she, Dawn took over him in the pizzeria, taking selfies with him. So now he's going to take selfies with her dead fucking body. <laughs> you know, great. I bet you she got a lot and... of hits on IG, man. 
I, and I'm, I'm like, I, I gotta say, like, I love the effect. I had fun with it. Um, all while it was going on, just as he starts to get in there, the very, very opening, I love that they have her, and you can see her legs and her ankles just shaking in the yeah. the braces. It's like, you know, she's she's not just laying there while he's doing something. Like, she's actually acting all over the place, shaking all over the place, you know. And yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> everyone that's seeing this scene for the first time is going, are we really going there? You know, like, like the doc said. And, yeah, we're really fucking going there. And, you know, this, this is the one trick that makes, you know, despite the rest of the movie, you have to watch this movie for this scene, you have to watch this movie for this scene. Um, yeah, yeah. Did we? It's, you know, it's, did it's, we, yeah. yeah. Did we want more? Fuck yeah, we want more. But at the yeah. same time, like the ghoul said, we don't get it enough. All right, and the fact mm-hmm. that they're even willing to go there, all right, yeah, is you know is where I give this movie huge props. You know, the yeah. fact that they were willing to just go there and. Before that, and also before that is to show us a reveal of, you know, she's just hanging out, you know, all naked on the thing. We can see almost everything. And then Art rips away what's left. And, you know, he might as well have just spit on the saw right before he started getting going. <laughs> just to get some lunatic moves <laughs> yeah. in there. He needed some ghoul glide, man. He did. It would have made the cutting a lot easier if he had some ghoul glide. Because well, he could use that well, shit. That's probably why he was able to get through it so fast, man. Is he had Google Light all over that fucking blade. <laughs> he's an investor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, but, he's the chairman right now. But but the, it was but the yeah, fight, like a, yeah, yeah. It was the piece de resistance to this movie. Like if anything about this movie, that scene is like the ultimate part of this movie. Like, if anything about this movie, like, you know, it's great, it's okay, it could be shorter. No, that scene where she got cut down right the middle, that's the piece. That's, the, you know, that's the main entree for this movie. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's all downhill. <laughs> well, you know, and I wanted to get your guys' perspective on this. Um, Art, you know, using the, the hacksaw, he's been using knives and syringes throughout then he breaks out a gun, and that's where I kind of got lost in this movie because I don't like the fact that he used a gun because I wanted a typical flasher. Using knives and setting his axes, I'm okay with it, but when you use a gun, I feel like that's too easy. Like, that's not my version of a slasher. Yeah, uh, I'm going to jump right in there. I totally agree with you. When he pulled the gun out, it, I was totally surprised because an entire lifetime of watching this kind of shit uh, a gun is like never part of the proceedings. I was really, really surprised uh, to see gunplay uh, from Arthur Clown in this movie um, in general. You know, like I was like, yeah. what? A gun? What? <laughs> yeah. no, no, it definitely what felt mean? out there. And I, I think that may have been what their intention was with it. Uh, whether it was, you know, successful or not. I mean, whatever, you know, the movie is what the movie is. But I think the idea was like, hey, listen, you know, you don't normally see that. Let's try to do something different. But there's a reason why you don't go that way, you know, because in my opinion, it kind of takes the character from being, I mean, I guess obviously this society opinion and whatnot, but like, I don't know, it takes the character from being that, that horrifying monster that he was to kind of just being a thug. 
Yeah. Know, because now he's yeah. just using a very, very basic weapon that anybody could, could kill with. You know, and yeah, mm-hmm. anybody can kill with a knife, but, you know, and anybody can kill with a saw. But it was the level of brutality and the personalness behind everything. So so when he goes to the gun, yeah, it feels like, you know, now I, I now I feel like I'm dealing with a human being that is just fucked up. And no longer is he, like, really a movie monster of any sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Monkey? Hey, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, excuse me. Yeah, to me, if the... It, you know, we've got all this, and like the ghoul had said, you know, using all these tools that, you know, were all crafted and, you know, laid out, you know, with love and, you know, carried about because he has this grand plan, and then to go and use a gun, it, to me, it felt cold and alien, you know, and not in our warm little fuzzy world that we live in where, you know, our <clears throat> monsters use grand design weapons or anything like that. And it's just not my art the clown. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. no, it's just I I just felt wrong. You know, I was and I was like, that's against you know, in my head I'm like, you can't do that. That's against the rules. You know <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. And but then for him to go and then just straight up kill the person that in my opinion I thought was gonna be our end of the movie girl also fucked me up too because I thought she was gonna be the person that makes it to the end or the mm-hmm. one that's got, that he has this fucked up uh, attraction to, and I thought something right. was gonna happen there. But you know, no, he just you know straight up you know glock glock glock. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he fucks her up, man. You know what? And I like when movies go there with it. You know where when yeah. now obviously I don't think there was any genius work behind. The, the the killing of our our lead actress in this one, but right. I do enjoy when you have a film that has led you down this path where you think that this is the person that you're following, you're thinking this is your survivor girl, only to find out that uh, no, you know what they uh, that that she is just as easily killed as anybody else, and it just you know leads to somebody else who we had been introduced to earlier in the film. To just kind of pick up where where that person is is now left off. Yeah, and yeah. I will agree with you, Ghoul. I do like the fact that they killed off Tara um, with the gun again. Like I said, I don't like the gun, uh, but nope. it was the fact that Vicky, the sister of Tara, is arriving on the scene to kind of see this shit go down with Arthur Clown, where you know it's a fucking like a psycho circus in a way where. Art Arthur Clown, putting, putting up his, his, you know, his art pieces with uh, Tara's body with the word circus, you know, written on her, um, you know, with with Mike, apparently the most fucking un, like the most undeniable character in the movie. This poor fucking exterminator with fucking headphones in, no idea what's going on. <laughs> I mean, he must have had Dr. Dre's fucking beat headphones on to not fucking hear anything. That's been going on the entire time. He's got some straight up bow surround sound shit on his fucking shit. Like the three hundred dollar headphones. <laughs> <laughs> he does not hear dick the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Even when he's approached by the the weird fucking woman with the baby of the doll, he's like, "Yeah, whatever. You're a psycho. Like, go away. I have uh, bugs to bust. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, you didn't hear the gunshots." Uh, come on, Mike. And, Get it together. And unfortunately, it doesn't go this way, but I personally would have 
found it funny as if they had kept it going where shit kept going all around him and he was completely unaware of all of it and ended up living through all of it and not knowing what he had just lived through. Yeah. Would have been cool. It reminded me I think of, it would have been uh, a little more humor than they were going for. You know, the movie has humor. It's a dark humor. It is there. But I think that's just a little too light and fluffy for, for what they do here. You know, like, I don't know. I, I You know, me being the sick fuck that I am, you know, I found the next funny part to be when, uh, you know, obviously Art exterminates the uh, the cat lady. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, he... Meets up with Tara's sister, you know, kind of pretending to be her, wearing the cat lady's <laughs> scalp and uh, and, and, and tits and tits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, no, but titties. Was this was this him like doing his Sylvester Stallone Cobra impression of like wearing a wig and popping off as the bad guys at the last minute? <laughs> hey. yeah. Could have been that. No, I'm <laughs> but it was great to think that forward. I mean, I'm um, no art to clown, but you know, I can do a gallon both. <laughs> and even when you have Mike's friends showing up at the scene, like all of a sudden all these people are showing up. Like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, and why does everyone take his fucking head off? Yeah, it's like you know Mike would be pissed off if he was still alive. Going, you know, motherfuckers, I'm supposed to be fumigating this building. Why the fuck is everyone showing up? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and Mike, to his defense, I mean, he did try to put up a fight against Art. It just wasn't good enough, but. Again, I did like the head smash by Art on Mike. <laughs> I didn't know how it was possible because he's wearing big floppy clown shoes, but apparently those are some serious shit <laughs> that Art mm. has on his feet. <laughs> they could steal the human skull. <laughs> he's got some custom Yeah, that's what I was shit. debating with uh, Monkey last night. Are those, like, you know, designed like steel toes? Or I are they just they. fucking plastic clown shoes? I told you, they look like combat boots to me. They didn't look like clown shoes. Fucking clown shoes, man. Like Jay and Silent Bob. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, um, I I just didn't know because it was just looking like regular clown shoes. I'm like, how the fuck did you smash a guy's face open? But whatever. (laughs) It's like you have to get another body in here because it's not enough victim. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But when Vicky is running through into the garage, um, I did like the sequence where she thinks that she's safe. And you have Art the Clown breaking out his honky horn, like we talked about, patent pending, and just honking at her <laughs> because he doesn't talk, you know? Did you guys yeah, think so he was going to talk, or did you just think that he was just going to do what he did and just honk his horn at her? I, I found it beep, funny, beep. man, because it's... I thought it was funny because instead of saying something like "Here's Johnny," all it was was just "huh." <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It reminded me of Harpo of the uh, the Marx Brothers, mm-hmm. and we could never talk. Or was it Chico? Chico was the one that couldn't talk. And we just honk his horn whenever he wanted to talk. And I was like, "See, it's like the throwback to the '30s clowns," and I was having fun with it. <laughs> yeah, I was too, man. I, I enjoyed it. And yeah. Again, I like I like how no matter what happened to him, he just didn't break character and didn't no. break the break the mind thing. Like he was always fine, you know. Art, <laughs> no matter what happened to him, he was going to be okay. <clears throat> he was going to he has a victim in mind, and he's going to do whatever he has to do to get that victim, which is like mm-hmm. you know going into the garage. 
But, no, uh, but we Doc, also... did you think that he was going to actually use a truck against Vicky? Because <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, once once she was locked in the garage there, I I didn't think there was any way he was not driving in in a vehicle that just like follows all of the fucking tropes of that kind of situation. Because I didn't know how he was going to get in. I was like, maybe he'll break in, maybe he'll just find another way. No, he takes a straight up truck and plows it into Vicky. And I love that shot of Art in the truck where he's just kind of bouncing his head to the music. <laughs> you know. Like, no matter what happens to this fucking guy, like, he's going to get his victim. And um, I got to give it to the movie because they actually got me. Like, th- that scene actually made me jump because <laughs> I wasn't expecting the truck. Yeah. No, I'm just saying it, it, was, it, was, a, it, was, a, it was a it was a good jump scare. <laughs> they got him. Got him good. Because you think that she's going to be the survivor. Like, you know, she's going to make it. You know, Art can't get in. But, no, he's got a truck, and he's going to get in there. <laughs> the fact that after he has her on the ground when he gets out of the truck, yeah, he's a little hungry. You know, he's he needs a Snickers brick at this point. <laughs> you know, he needs to get a little something from Vicky. Um, did you think that he was going to go that way where he starts covering up her face to get a little food? I was totally no. thrown off by that shit. <laughs> I think it's one of those where, again, I think this director was looking at this and saying, you know, let's just try to to hit all the tropes of all the, the, the crazy things. We've seen serial killers and nut jobs. Like, what else can we do to make this guy even more fucking crazy and random? You know what? Let's let him eat her face, you know? And just, uh, again, did it, what kind of effect did it have? It, you know, it was, it was cool. You know, he ate her. I mean, I don't yeah. know. It was that yeah, it was much like, the entire yeah. time? Is that, is that all Art wanted? Was Art just hungry? <laughs> yeah, I know. He could have had pizza. And he was in a pizzeria. He could have had some pizza. No, I guess he just wanted that flesh. They weren't feeding uh, him, man. They didn't like him all that much. Yeah, he wasn't eating was, anything in that pizzeria. He was just kind of hanging out. That was the problem. He didn't order a pie. If he had ordered and a pie, none of this would have gone down. Well, he wanted a pie. It just—it wasn't the pie that they served. Uh, a pie. And he likes—he he likes his split down the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Doc, did you think that you saw that coming—the fact that he was going to be a cannibal? I mean, I didn't see it coming. There was nothing earlier in the movie where I was like, "Oh man, this motherfucker is going to eat some people." But exactly. uh, <laughs> given how fucking bizarre everything that he did throughout the film was, I wasn't like. Shocked! I wasn't like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he's eating her," because like, <laughs> I, I he pulled out a fucking gun. I mean, he saw a woman from the <laughs> fucking vagina and asshole right through her fucking head. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't you didn't put go anything into your wife's into the wife's bedroom and be like, "Honey, honey, you won't believe what the fuck I just saw." The clown just ate his <laughs> yeah. face. Yeah. He was eating her, her face. <laughs> the fucking clown ate her. <laughs> Like Troll 2 style. Um, it, was just, it was a weird sequence. The fact that he does that. Then you have the, you know, the rent-the-cops coming in going, hey, put your hands up. We got you. I Honestly, I told Monkey this last night. I love the fact that the actor had the sense to kind of roll his eyes at the cops. So he's putting his hands up like, whatever, fuck it. Yeah, hands up. Eh, you know. But then he uses the gun again. 
you know, again, I don't like the gun, but I like the fact that he puts it in his mouth and blows his brains out. I'm like, okay, so you're not going to get a fucking answer. Like, he's dead. He's gone. He blew his brains out. That's it. You know, and the, you're not going to get any explanation. But no. <laughs> well, no, and, and Ghoul, I actually wanted to ask you this, because the scene that comes up, uh, you get this weird underground cave in a hospital that's the coroner's <laughs> office. It's a morgue. <laughs> yeah, but no, I've, I've seen morgues in hospitals, and they're not underground. Like this one was for some reason with a tar hanging over the seen? door. Um, yeah, I mean, seriously. I think of the morgue typically being in the basement of the hospital. Yeah, I've been to morgues. Like, I used to work for a funeral home. I never had to go to an underground part of the hospital to get to a morgue. It's very clean. It's very medically aesthetic. Um, But this one, I got a lot of Friday the 13th Part 4 vibes from it. And Halloween Resurrection. Where it's like, oh, got another body for you, Doc. And he's like, fuck, I've been working all night. I got another one. It's like, yeah, I felt like they were just trying to recapture uh, that aesthetic from Friday 13th Part 4 where they wheel in Jason's body and the car. I was, was thinking like, oh. like Return of the Living Dead, man. Really? You got that vibe? Again, you know what I mean? The, the, the whole coroner guy, the morgue guy there too, you know? Yeah. Just like, you know, yeah. He'd seen it all. He'd dealt with it all. You know, it's... Uh, is what it is. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I didn't see All Hallows Eve, so I didn't know if this was also any throwback to that. Like, was there a scene in that where this guy was, it's you not. know? Because he brought up From the whole thing, remember. you know, if you ever see a four-year-old or whatever it is, you know? But I kind of got that, that Friday 13th Part 4 vibe, because the coroner's like, oh, you know, I got to deal with another body, so get me in a, an egg and bacon sandwich. Shouldn't be watching for your cholesterol? <laughs> yeah, I am watching I it go up. <laughs> You know, this really schlocky yeah. dialogue. All I think of, how, I think of Friday 13, Part 4 is I think of Axel and, you know, him trying to get in that chick's pants, man. And then Jason being the ultimate cock locker. <laughs> Oops. But, but we have the whole thing going on in the morgue. We, we have them open up the bag and look at the body. And then more mad shit happens. Art, art lives. <laughs> yeah, go figure. He blew his fucking brains out, and yet he's still alive. <clears throat> and again, the, the king and I were talking about this. It's like nothing had led up to this about him being superpowered in any way. You know, Ghoul, you said that you had kind of picked up on a little bit earlier. You know, I don't know why I got bounced. But, sorry, guys. Poop. I don't know why I got bounced. I'm sorry. I'm back. Oh, oh no. You're okay, man. Yeah, no, I, I felt like, like I said, I just felt like his his ability to to come back, you know. Yeah, no, nobody did what. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I always hate about movies is, is like, listen, you know, you gotta hit a point in which you're under life threatening attack, you know. And I know there's the whole psychology between fight or flight and all that, but you know, like, at what point do you just simply attack and don't stop? 
You know, I hate mm-hmm. in a movie, like, because I, I guess my own reaction would not be strike the person once, okay, they're down, I'm out of here. No, if somebody's going that hard to fucking kill me, fuck that, man. You know, I am fucking attacking mm-hmm. until I know you're not breathing anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, despite... Especially when we had Tara earlier where she hit him one time with a knife in the back. And then she went and stopped and went to go look for, like, a fucking two-by-four or something like that. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, keep, just keep going with what you've got. Um, you know, I dropped for a second, and I apologize, guys. But did we get to the fact that I don't feel like having Art the Clown be resurrected was earned? Yeah, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, I felt like that was just kind of a wasted kind of moment in the movie for me. Like I, I don't understand why Art came back to life because I felt like he Jesus was human. Terrible, that's all. Because they had that weird <laughs> thing with the lights going off and going on again, and all of a sudden now Art is resurrected. I never got that vibe that Art was a supernatural killer like Jason or Michael. Like it just, I, I never human, felt man. like he was. I never felt like he was quite human. You know, like I said, like uh, earlier, like I just got the vibe that. There was something more going on here than just the psycho, and the only thing that really pulled me out of that was was the gun. Yeah, it's just yeah. Again, like we keep going back to that gun. I felt like it was unnecessary, but uh, the fact that he's resurrected at the end to kill the coroner, I just I didn't like it. I would rather Art kind of blow his brains out and be a human, like just a psychotic person that ended up blowing his brains out because he was caught. I would have been fine with that. Like, I would have been happy with that kind of an ending. But you get the extended ending of seeing uh, Vicky going through her recovery and ending up being the big twist and that Shyamalan ending of, oh, yeah, that's the one that killed the reporter at the beginning of the movie. Why? Like, I don't need that. (laughs) I felt like it was unearned. I mean, you know, again, I think they're going for the whole, you know, it's it's a twist and, you know, what you felt you were seeing was happening after that interview. Right. In which we specifically heard her say that the killer was, was killed. So, yeah. you know, that maybe that, too, is what lent me towards believing he was supernatural because I had felt like we were watching something that had occurred after the very beginning. So if he was already murdered or killed and she was so sure of it that, you know, how was it that we were watching him murder and kill people? So maybe exactly. that, that might have really yeah. went to it as well. So, you know what, if that, that if that's what it was supposed to do, it, it worked. Mm-hmm. It was effective for me, at least. Doc, what do you think about that? Say that again? He he was saying, what did you think about the end of Victoria and the twist? I mean, uh, I don't, I, in the spirit of honesty, I mean, I watched this movie. I watched it today. Um, it did not have mm-hmm. my attention focused for 100% of the time. When it came around and they were wheeling her, as they were wheeling her around the wheelchair, I was like, oh, all right, I get it now. But I wasn't like, it wasn't one of those that like affected me and I got chills and was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> yeah, I felt like it was unheard. I felt like it was. You got chills? Were they multiplying? <laughs> <laughs> I was losing control. It's Man. like lightning. 
<laughs> no, but I didn't feel no, but I didn't feel like it uh, fit in either because again we didn't have any moments of Victoria being exposed to like long term things like you know Tara well, was, was where she had, yeah you know because Tara had to watch her friend get cut in half you know Victoria yeah. just ran around the place you know she didn't have to just Vic- steal this well other shit. Victoria also watched the fucking psychotic clown come walking up to her with a fucking scalp wig and a pair of titties on him you know Victoria also <laughs> found her fucking sister's dead body. I think Victoria saw plenty of things to fucking make a human being break. Yeah, but does that make you a killer? Like, does that make you break and kill somebody like she kills a reporter at the beginning of the movie? Uh, it felt very sore to me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just felt like it wasn't necessary. I felt like it was an added element that wasn't needed. Because I, I can't imagine a victim like that all of a sudden deciding to have a psychotic break. And killing somebody, and and enjoying it too. It's not even like she was like, "I have to kill you because I want to kill." It. But no, she was enjoying it. She was laughing when mm-hmm. she killed that report. <laughs> and I felt like it was just a kind of a stinger at the end, but unnecessary. Like you could have easily ended it with Art the Clown coming back to life and killing the coroner, and you could just cut credits. You don't have to add the the weird twist. Again, though, but what that does is, but what that then does is, it makes you realize, like I said, that you know, like you didn't. The whole time we were thinking that he was human, and we might not have been wrong, but also because of what we heard at the beginning, if he did come back to life that first time around, you knew he was going to come back to life. So the extra twist was that the fucking very victim. Of the attack, you know, not only is yeah. she a murderer, but he is actually alive. Right. And it's a good point. Which she doesn't um, know. And I know when I watched mm-hmm. this uh, over the weekend, like you did, Ghoul, that it was a Dread Central uh, production, which is a big horror website. Uncle Creepy Barton runs that website. So I kind of wonder, with people being so kind of happy with Art the Clown, if there's going to be a Terrifier too. I'm okay with it just being this one movie, but because I know a lot of people love Terrifier and Art the Clown, if they are going to do another one. Um, I mean, I could see it happening. I mean, this day and age, I'm sure they're they're working on it. And one of the cool things that uh, the director Damien Leone and the actor who plays uh, who plays Art, uh, David Howard Thornton, are both going to be at the yeah. NJ Horror Con um, in March. So, you know, I don't know and you're going, right? we will be there. So hopefully we will find, uh, you know, maybe get a chance to see if we can get any kind of info on whether or not there is the possibility of some kind of sequel. Yeah, I definitely think it would be cool if we got to uh, meet up with those guys and talk to them about Terrifier and, and see if there is a sequel in the works. Um, but as we close out the show tonight, uh, Doc, the pick is on you next week. I know you had some ideas, uh, but what do you have for us? I have some ideas. <laughs> got some right, no, okay. ideas. So, uh, we were talking about Shudder, and I was reading about a Shudder original, and uh, thinking of the ghoul uh, who this week blessed us with the experience of watching this uh, movie, uh, Terrifier. Uh, I want to stick with a similar theme uh, with a Shudder original that's called Terrified. Um, 
I hmm. understand. I don't even have Shutter myself, so I am open. I'm just throwing that out there on the table right now. Uh, I have done no investigating to find out if this movie is viewable anywhere else. I do know that uh, Amazon is offering a seven-day free trial of Shutter that you can cancel within the seven days and you don't get charged for anything. Um, but that is my preliminary pick. Uh, I have some other things on the fucking burner, so if we decide maybe we can take a night or tomorrow and look around and see if we can see this movie, and if not, I can come back with something else. So the movie is called Terrified? Terrified now, from 2018. On, it's a Shudder original. Terrified. Now, this is not, okay, so this is not Terrified from 2017, also called Etrada. Now what you're talking uh, about. I don't believe so, but let me look into that really fast while we still have a couple of minutes and you guys talk about fucking Glide and jewelry and shit. <laughs> or such a song as Edgar Allan Poe. Hey, yo. Poe. Hey, yo. I walked the pot. Why does it have to fall? The willows Why does it have to usher? can't stand up. Why isn't it strong so, enough? So, Ghoul, if I had an Annabelle and Valentine's hold that, Day hold coming that, up. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Uh, Monkey, what was it that you just said about this movie? Terrified from 2017, also called Atradas. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. Monkey, that's you have to help me out with that one. It's, it's billed as 2018 for Shudder, but that's the movie. So they must okay. have bought the rights to whatever the film is, and they're so putting it out Prada? as their own exclusive. What is it, a Spanish uh, film? It's Eric Estrada? Si, senor. What did Monkey say? He put a lot of flavor on that. Estrada? Eric Estrada from Chiff? No. Atarados. Atarados. Despacito? Atarado. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, listen. Monkey, help me out. I know you got me. <laughs> I got, uh, I got you, baby. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Mucky, why don't you go ahead and give us a sign off? All right. I'm the all of you listening at home. Thank you for listening. I'm the Mad Monkey. Thanks for letting me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Doc, once again, thank you for having us uh, entertain you with Terrifier. Next week, we get terrified with some weird Erica Shada shit. Thank you. <laughs> good night and good luck. Excellent. All right. Speed. Ghoul, there is a holiday coming God up. bless us all. <laughs> there is. You know, Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday just passed, so you guys are out of luck Damn as far it. as that goes. But Valentine's Day is right around the corner. And, you know, if you don't want to end up like one of Art the fucking Clown's victims, you better go to Bonfire B Designs and buy your girlfriend or boyfriend or your your person that you're stalking, whatever, man. Just you want to buy him a gift? Go right to Bonfire Beat Designs on Etsy, man, because you know what? She's got plenty of things up there that are awesome little things that people like. And if you feel like being creepy, she's really got a very cool fucking uh, molar tooth necklace up there that is fucking, yeah, it's the bee's knees, man. It's some creepy shit. So if, you, if you've got a girl or a guy or somebody that, that is into that kind of shit, it is definitely something to get. Uh, that's all one word, Bonfire Bee Designs at Etsy. All right, excellent. Check them out. Worth your time. All right, Ghoul, why don't you hit us with that uh, famous expression that you always hit us with every episode? Stay terrified. No, just kidding. Stay scared, everybody. (laughs) Stay scared. Excellent. 
All right. And as for me, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying enjoy the rest of your week. Have fun this weekend. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Terrified, the demonic Dr. Dave's pick. See you then.